Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey, yo. And Squeaks. Squeaks! Uh, today we are bringing back an ancient show of ours, uh, Leveled Up. Level Up. The last time we did this was about two years ago. Um, we've noticed that, you know, people are really grasping to the old episodes. They're really liking them. So we're going to remaster those two old episodes that were released. Get those out there. The reason we stopped in the show, Jonathan, I'm sure you remember, we did one on portals. Mm -hmm. You remember that portals episode? Oh, yeah. It didn't record right or something, right? And we talked exactly. for, uh, it was almost two hours, wasn't it? Two and a half hours. Oh, man. And it didn't record right. It had so much distortion. It was unsavable. Back then, I yeah. couldn't figure out how to save it. Now, I probably might be able to, but I can't find I've been looking everywhere trying to find that audio. I think I got so mad, I was just like, do you like this off my computer? Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember back in those days, we used to surround one mic and mm -hmm. like try to you know get the levels right? Oh, man. What a mess. <laughs> and then, like, we had to record for a little bit so we can get the refrigerator sound out of the audio. <laughs> so many different things from back then. Um, so. Anyways, Level Up is back. We're going to try to do this probably once a month, but we're going to have one that comes out clearly this week. This is when you listen to Bioshock. We're going to have another one coming out next week as a little bit of a, just a bonus on my bonus. Uh, that one is going to be with Kevin of Kevin Jection. Uh, he's going to be coming in and we're going to be talking about Knights of the Old Republic. So you guys are going to get a little bit more of this, but then it'll be once a month that we're going to bring this. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, just a quick little reminder of how this works. Uh, we're going to be going through the levels which are the different components of the video game. We're going to have sound effects showing at the level up and stuff like that. But um, uh, we have level one is your story. Level two is your gameplay. Level three, we're going over design. We had the bonus level, which is your last adjustments, which we fixed little things that we used to use from back in the day. It's much more. I like it better now. Anyways, <laughs> boss battle uh, where we talk about the pros and cons summary. And we give it and we tally up its final score. And uh, we talk about where you can buy the game. And then the DLCs is where we talk about all the extra stuff, your sequels, your other adaptations, and fun facts about the game. Ready to go. Once you pass a level, you cannot go back. So, oh, yes. We're going by Mario 85 rules, which used to irritate the hell out of me. <laughs> I was like, there was a box I missed there. I know there was. So those are the rules we're using. Uh, okay, here we go. We're pressing start. Game title, Bioshock. Okay, this is the original one. Uh, the developer was... Uh, Irrational Games, they became uh, 2K Boston and then eventually moved back to Irrational Games until the company was closed down. Uh, the lead designer on this is Kevin Levine. He was the um, he was involved in the sequels as well. The publisher was 2K, 2K Games and eventually Feral Interactives. And it was originally released on the Xbox 360, the PS3, and then a year later on the PC. Uh, what systems did you guys play the game on? I know I played it on the uh, Xbox 360 and the PC. Yeah, I played it only on the Xbox 360. Okay, what about you, Squeaks? Yeah, Xbox 360 and PC. Okay, put it on the PC as well. Uh, I have not tried the remastered version. Did you get your hands on that, Squeaks, on the PC version? Uh, yes, I did. I played uh, the, I got the uh, Bioshock, uh, I don't know, triple pack or whatever, right. and it came with all the remasters. Did you feel like it was a, is a substantial upgrade? Um, no, not really, actually. Um, I've well because if I'm trying to remember back in the time of 360, I always thought these graphics looked amazing. Right, anyway. of course, yeah. So I never did the comparison as it would be the graphics nowadays. So to me, I always have this fresh, uh, memory of like, oh my god, this game looks amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the same way I am too. Where it's kind of like, I mean, you, you, I remember back at 360 when we moved in from Xbox original to 360, it was like everything's so smooth. This thing is unbeatable. It lasted for 10 years, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I, want, I do want to get my hands on the uh, PC version. Again, the remaster, because I just got the original. Get the remaster to see what that's like. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, now we're moving on, guys. The uh, I think that's basically it for our t- for our press start. It's time we get to the tutorial. Now, who wants to try to summarize this game in under one minute? Who thinks it can handle oh, shit? Not the story, but just kind of give. So it could be the story. It's up to you. You have one minute to summarize this game the best way you can. Uh, who wants to take the mantle on this one? All right, I'm gonna okay. try. All right, ready? <clears throat> Squeaks. Okay. Here we go. And now. Okay, so it starts on a dark night, right? Picture yourself in an airplane, oh right? You're just reminiscing about <gasps> about life one and minute. family. And then bang, <laughs> right? Crash land in the middle of the ocean. You're like, holy shit, what am I doing, right? But then you see a lighthouse. You see a lighthouse. You're like, oh shit, I better swim to it. It's the only thing around, right? So you're sitting there doing breaststrokes, right? Michael Phelps, right? You get to the lighthouse. You're like, holy shit, there's an elevator that goes deeper? So you're getting, you get in this elevator because you're like, yeah, shit, what am I going to do? Just sit at the side of the lighthouse left. with no one around? <laughs> okay, then you go there. And you're like, holy shit, there's an underwater city, right? <laughs> you're like, what the hell is going on? But then, bam, the elevator, right? Hits the light. <laughs> okay, and then it's scary as shit. You're in an underwater city named, called Rapture. 15 seconds. Right? And then, <laughs> Rapture, you open the door. You're like, holy crap. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's gone. Where's everyone at? And you're alone. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. I love that you took. One minute to describe the first one minute of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and right, I <laughs> it's such a great scene. Though. It's a first-person shooter. We'll probably just throw that out there too. It's a first-person shooter. Squeaks is dying on us. All right. So oh, I wrote sure. notes if you um, want to try to do a minute summary too that goes a little further than that. You know what? Let's see if Jonathan could do better in doing, one minute. <laughs> are we doing a summary? <laughs> I was trying to get you. I, okay, so here's the I thing. got here's you the thing. in the zone. You have one minute Congrats. to describe the game. In any way you want to. You can go fully off gameplay, fully off of whatever oh, you want. Yeah, I'll just so go off chose, story because that's what I actually tried, right? Yeah. <laughs> I tried to make notes. And Squeaks went off of opening credits. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> My first sentence will get past Squeaks. <laughs> setting the mood. <laughs> All right. And hey, Jonathan, you go. All right. Nineteen sixty. Second minute of the Jack game. crashes and finds a lighthouse. Uh, takes him down to Rapture, which is an underwater city. Uh, <laughs> and past Squeaks. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see. This is built by Andrew Ryan. Uh, he's contacted by this guy named Atlas who uh, claims he wants to help him get out alive. Uh, so you pretty much have to kill and or rescue these little sisters to get this uh, liquid injection stuff they have called Adam that helps you uh, gain power and level up. Uh, but doing that means you have to fight these big daddies, which are giant robots and mech suits that are pretty awesome and super intimidating, especially in early game. Uh, and then you learn uh, this man named Fontaine led a revolution, which is the reason that the whole city went to hell and is uh, in chaos and whatnot. Um, and he was thought to be dead, but he actually survived. Ten seconds. You then find that he got the the the, the illegitimate child of Ryan, raised <laughs> him, and programmed him to come back later, which ended up being you. Boom. You're the one Done. that came back as... as Just a, in time uh, for the sir, twist. Sir, when you, when you, sir, when you <laughs> <get you. laughs> Play the music. Yeah, play that music. Hey. So, uh, Jonathan definitely covered more of the game in a minute than you, yeah. but... I was, I was setting yeah. the mood. To, to yeah. be fair, <laughs> I want to make you feel like you're I there. I forgot about the whole twist ending until I watched a couple videos to refresh my memory. And was like, oh, crap. Yeah. There was so much more depth into the end of, end of it. So, that was, that was pretty funny to relive that. The, the story of that game was so great. That, uh, and that's what we're going to be going into next. So, you guys both, we both passed the tutorials. All right, guys, we're actually playing the game. Here we go. We're at level one story. So what we're going to do here, we're going to go ahead and explain the story with all the major plots. Um, we're going to try to limit this as much as we can by still breaking down the points. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my rendition of it, uh, trying to not go over exactly what Jonathan said. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you find yourself in Rapture after your plane crash. Your name is Jack. 
the city is uh, this kind of 1950s science first. Uh, let's explain Rapture real fast so people understand what the city's like. Because so much of the character, so it's one of the big characters of the of the actual game is the city itself. I feel mm-hmm. and its design. So it's 1950s science first. It's supposed to be a haven for science and a scientist and the wealthy, and uh, uh, free from religion and government, so they can kind of do whatever they want. The guy who who started it, Andrew Ryan, they ended up finding this slug that gives them this magical atom that gives people powers. They implant that into these little girls so that the little girls are full of this atom stuff. And then they go around harvesting the atom because, of course, it's like this precious resource off of dead bodies and stuff like that. So that's what their girls' jobs are. Of course, the now addicted members of uh, Rapture are har- are killing the little girls to get their atom. And now they... In- so Ryan's idea was like, let's make these big daddies to protect the little girls. So now that's what you have going on. You have that environment. A... Uh, Ma, a mob boss named Frank Fran, uh, Fontaine creates this black market. Adam has him killed. Or, I'm sorry, Ryan has him killed. Uh, you arrive there um, to uh, uh, destroy uh, Rapture because this man named Atlas, man of the people, rose up to attack Ryan. And now he's the one that's kind of helping you on the mic the whole time, right? So, storyline wise, do you guys feel like you are getting enough of the story through just these audio recordings? Because what we do find, we have. On the radio, we have Atlas kind of explaining things to us. Second, we find these audio recordings of Citizens of Rapture. Do you feel like that was a good delivery of, of the story, Jonathan? Let's start with you. Yeah, I think that was that was perfect because you don't have to. I mean, you do have to kind of look and scavenge and find these clues, and it's just enough of a lead that makes you want to keep pulling that thread. And so you're not. It's not all spelled out for you. It's not printed on the walls. You have to kind of look around and find the clues to piece it together, and it's just faint enough that you're still left with questions. So. I think it was I think it was put together perfectly. I found myself kind of getting like distracted, though, because while I'm trying to pay attention to the story, I'm also fighting these like slicers and stuff like that. I had a hard time with it. I think I would have gone with cutscenes more. I'm not sure. You, you do realize like right early on that every word they say in those audios is really important. And I, I don't think yeah. I'm pretty sure you can't replay or at least some of them you can't replay uh, afterwards unless you find the tape. But uh, yeah, you don't want to miss anything. So it's kind of hard to actually continue playing while they're talking. Right. Yeah. A lot of those recordings are up to the fall of, of Rapture. And then, of course, Atlas is giving you a lot of hints and stuff like that to your future. So you don't really want to miss any of those. Uh, so the idea is like, hey, OK, Atlas, you know, this hero or whatever, saying, let's go kill this guy, Ryan, who's a corrupt asshole. So you guys are going through things. You're running across little sisters. You have to choose whether or not you want to harvest them or spare them. It, you have a different ending depending on which choice you go with. And we'll talk about that at the end of the story part. Um, and, and you're just hitting these checkpoints of like, you know, you know, uh, uh, citizens of Rapture that kind of got out of control one after another and killing big daddies along the way. So that's kind of the general gameplay uh, storyline wise, you know, and until eventually you do hit that point that that uh, Jonathan was talking about where you find out you were brainwashed. You're actually a kid that came from Rapture. They were sent up when you were two. And then what was the name? What was the code word, John? Do you remember the code word to bring to, to activate your uh, insanity? Shoot. It was like, if you don't mind or do me a uh, would you would you would you be so kind or do me a kindness? I think it's would you be so yeah, kind. Would you kindly. Would that's you what, kindly. That's what it was. That's what it is. Would oh, you kindly. Man. <laughs> it's funny because people wouldn't nowadays commonly speak with that kind of terminology. But it, but yeah. it makes sense out of because what it is, Atlas kind of has this like heavy Russian or uh, Irish accent. So it yeah. kind of makes sense the way he says it. Yeah. Uh, and then we revealed that, of course, Atlas is actually this mob boss that supposedly had died. Uh, Squeaks, what did you think about that reveal of like, you know, then you're like, oh my God, he said uh, the kindest kind thing so many times. What did you think about that, man? 
Uh, I thought it was definitely a, a huge twist because you're being you're you're hopefully trusting this guy the whole time, right? So yeah. For them to uh, just do that out of nowhere, it was a nice twist. But kind of like what you went back to, where we have to listen to the recording. So I could see where <clears throat> when you're doing uh, whatever fighting anything that if you didn't really pay attention to some of that stuff, you wouldn't. I mean, maybe understand the whole would you kindly? Yeah. If it was at a certain point in the game, so. Um, but I thought it was a great twist, but I still enjoyed that that's how we were getting the story was through just the audio tapes and then kind of just living the aftermath of it. Um, <clears throat> but I did like it. It was weird that it was such a huge thing from a little way it was delivered to you. Mm-hmm. It was just a recording. You listen or well, actually he's talking to you. Sorry, not a recording, but you know, the little tape. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was such a big reveal. But in a little way, they did it. And I, I think that was really neat. I love how they delivered the whole, delivered that to us in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was better than having cutscenes because it feels more natural. When you have a cutscene, you're just watching a show. You're not playing the game anymore. But when you're playing and this audio is just going on in the background and you're still making choices of, you know, do I harvest this guy or, or go to the vending machine or whatever, it's still, you're still engaged in the game and not just sitting back watching it. So I think that was a better way to do it than just having cutscenes. And some people might lose interest nowadays when there is too many cutscenes, so they're like just playing on their phone and waiting for it to end. So I did like how it was constantly uh, no stoppage; like you just keep going. Yeah, because like if you think about like Kingdom Hearts three, every time a cutscene cut would oh come, get good, I go make a cup of coffee, <laughs> come back and watch yeah. the other half. <laughs> I just uh, actually uh, got the DLC for it finally. Did you? Is it any good? Just real quick, is it any good? Uh, I haven't even started yet. I got distracted. That's how excited he is for it, folks. With with better games, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so then you know at that point you you face Ryan. Ryan's testing that thing on you, uh, and it's not you know he's like oh would you not you know whatever and, and you end up killing Ryan. And then of course Fontaine doesn't need you anymore. Frank sends the uh, the drones after you to kill you. You fight them off. You're saved by uh, Doctor Tannenbaum, who's kind of the mother to the little sisters. And then uh, you eventually, you know, you go and you become a big daddy to fight Fontaine, who's now just fully injected with Adam and is like God mode. And then you have the two different endings. So I want to know real quick, which way did you guys go? Were you saving girls? Look at that. I know Squeaks already. I know which way he went. Because <laughs> I went, if I shake her, I just get an extra drop. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I pop in a juicer. Pop the head off. I, uh, which I fucking slaughter all those children. <laughs> I did it like Anakin St- Anakin Skywalker just walked into a room. That's what I did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had to. I I, I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. What I, do you think, John? I saved him, but I think I did <laughs> harvest one or two because I wanted to see what the cutscenes oh, changes were like. it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you harvest any, it, it changes the end. I ended up saving all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end, it's just a little cutscene. It basically tells you what happens to you afterwards. If you were killing the cur- the girls. You get an ending where uh, you use them as your new army. They all become little uh, big sisters, which is from the sequel. They all become big sisters. You take over a nuclear sub, and then with that, you take over the world. Um, so that's the bad ending. The good ending is you take the little girls to the surface. They become your daughters, and then you you live your life with them as your family, and then you die on your deathbed with surrounded by your new family. Squeaks his face. Is so like that's bullshit. That sounds not exciting at all. <laughs> Tell that to a crying version of me in 2007. I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Uh, shoot. So, any thoughts on this story, guys? Uh, what what points? What 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 plot points really surprised you? What part? What what parts of the story were you really into? Did anybody anything really pop out at you that you thought like this should be made into a movie or anything like that? What do you think, Squeaks? Man, in a movie wise. I think the um, 
There was really oh besides of course the the main reveal at the end. Right, right, right. I think the um just the setting is what um is really gets to me. Like if we were to do some type of movie or what series in yeah. that world, I would love to visit um at all. And I think the uh, the twisted characters are the tw- you know the people that you kill throughout the thing would be super amazing to go in depth of something like that. Um, more of. But yeah, I don't know what um besides twist besides the main one. The setting the main, is really. is so important in those games, and you even see it like the sequel is good, right? But Infinite is also so amazing. It's like stands oh. out so much because of that setting as well. It's like super Americana, nineteen like twelve Americana, floating city, uh, really mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, I, I would have to agree, right? It's it's all about having that setting, and then really you can kind of set up any story you want in there in Rapture. Um, let's talk, let's talk about the characters and how they move along in the story. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us off with the main character, Jack. I feel like when we first get there, it's this curious, suspicious about everything. And then because of what we're learning about the city, you and, you know, your character, Jack, are becoming very driven. And to a point where you're like pushing past hordes and you're really kind of just doing everything you can. I thought it was interesting that we didn't go crazy from all the atom that we're injecting because there's this magical power that we're supposed to be going crazy from. We're fighting people who've gone crazy because of Adam. And yet we don't really seem to be phased by it much. So I think they could have developed that part better, but yeah. otherwise, like like the driving part, I thought was really good. And I think that would have taken a very easy explanation if they said it's because of your genetic tie to the creator that he's yeah. immune to it, and only, you know, only a select few are immune to the effects of it and stuff like that. And that's why he's still you know coherent and ruling and stuff like that. That would have been an easy connection to make. Speaking of of your your ties and stuff like that, Jala, do you think they did a good enough job explaining? Uh, where jack really is from and in his story or because it was kind of like a quick little kind of flashback thing they did do you think that was enough yeah i i didn't really remember it from before so i don't think i mean even back then i probably didn't get it um so yeah i'm thinking it was it was only for those that were listening closely to every bit and paying close attention Uh, um but i still really enjoyed the game without understanding that connection i guess so i don't think it it loses much but it's a like an easter egg for those that are really paying attention yeah, what are your thoughts, uh, Squeaks? What do you think about that? I I totally agree with John. Um, it's more, uh, it's not as memorable to me, mm-hmm. uh, because it is just focused on telling you a story through audio tapes. So I don't remember like some of the the big things. Um, uh, yeah, it's not. I had I played it twice now, and I still couldn't tell you exactly every point. That that brings me back to what I think the cutscenes would have been better because that stops you from yeah. what you're doing and then turns your focus to it. I think we all, I mean, I hate to bring up World of Warcraft every time we sit in front of a mic, but in World of Warcraft, we all remember the Lich King's death uh, cutscene. It's so memorable. Mm-hmm. You remember that plot point because it stops us yeah. and tells us, hey, pay attention right here. Uther's there. Stuff like that. I don't know. That's why yeah. I think that's the way to go, personally. Any other- I can see that. I like the I like the differentness of it, of not being cutscenes, but then, yeah. yeah, you have a valid point. If I play this game twice and I can't really give you full, the little details of it, then I, yeah, mm-hmm. then... I guess the cutscenes would have worked out pretty well. Some of the, it's just my, my big thing is that some of the audio recordings come at a time when you're trying to survive, and your brain. I have a hard time, anyways, splitting mm-hmm. between like shoot that shit or you know listen to this audio tape. I'm only going to pick one. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be like let me die while I hear what Ryan has to say. Uh, mm. Okay. Any of the characters that, that that had a really good story that I, that you think really actually developed throughout the whole thing? Any any ideas? I mean, really, it's all, it's all about all about Jack, right? I mean. Uh... Uh, the little girls, of course, you're afraid of them when you first see them because they look creepy. But then you, yeah. if you're saving them, they become a good character. But 
Yeah, it's totally uh, about Jack. But then I was thinking also is uh, I would love to hear more of the female that was trying to, you know, explain to you about, hey, save the girls. Ten- hey, they have yeah. gifts for you. Stuff like that. Dr. Tenenbaum. Um, I would have loved it more. Yeah, I would have loved to see a little bit more of her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're all totally focused on Jack himself. So Yeah. She even she's the voiceover for both cutscenes at the end too. The the finale. Mm-hmm. One thing okay, I do I, like I do like with yeah. Jack how they they show his you know hands but they never show his face. They don't really give you much about who he is. So I think because of that he doesn't have an identity very much very developed. So yeah. that helps you plug into the character more and feel like you know you're not playing as Jack. Yeah. You're playing as yourself kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Which is funny because if you think of in, uh, Infinite. They show you Booker's face, the main yeah. character in that one, the yeah. whole time. And yeah, if you think of the twist, that's crazy for them to do that, right? If you, I mean, we'll, we'll probably do. I mean, I really want to do Infinite another day. <laughs> um, but if you think of the twist in that one, it's crazy that they're right away showing you his face because that's the one they want to kind of hide, not this one. Mm-hmm. So there's something there too. One more character I want to kind of bring up is the Big Daddies as a character. I feel like in the beginning, they're this like foreboding creature that, you know, they, they take up all the presence of the room like they come into the room you're focused on them you i mean honestly even the slicers go away you just focus on the big daddy right by the end you're becoming a big daddy Mm -hmm. what could that mean story-wise is that like accepting this new world or just like you're pushed to the limit and you just have to now go to the dark side are you becoming anakin into vader what's what's going on there i I think think? i think that's a lot of character development in jack again because you're taking those those injections the whole time you're getting stronger and stronger as you get in the game you realize you're getting a little bit better at taking on the big daddies. That echoing sound of their steps isn't as intimidating. And you start thinking like, okay, maybe I could check a couple more bodies before I take this guy on. And then eventually you could take him on with not so much struggle at all. So, mm-hmm. and then you become one. So I think it's just him progressing to this big, dominating, intimidating force to eventually I am that big, dominating, intimidating force and I'm going to take over the city. Ooh. I like that. So it's him powering up, him mm. becoming stronger and stronger to the point where he becomes that thing that everybody feared mm-hmm. or you feared. Yeah, exactly. Damn, John, that's clean. All right, before we move on uh, past this level, uh, let's look at the structure here, the pacing. Did you guys feel like the story kind of kept up the whole time? Were you, were you entertained the whole time? Because we had like parts where it was like basically jumping around from citizen to citizen. This guy's the entertainer. This one's a plastic surgeon, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like the pace was good? Squeaks, what do you think? Um. Yeah, because what it, what it does is after you accomplish... uh say the the theater scene right right? you get all the pictures and you fight that boss okay now we go to the next one so i felt like you felt the sense of accomplishment after you did all the work and then you're on to a new boss and then it it, but each one felt like it was developing the story overall and then of a specific character also Mm -hmm. so i liked it i enjoyed it what do you think about the pacing of the act structure jalen any complaints no, no complaints. I, I realized I never really got bored. Usually, I mean, I get bored in the game pretty easy, and I'll just, once I get bored, I'll drop it and maybe come back yeah. a few weeks later. But this is the kind of game you could sit through and just, just beat the whole game in one sitting. It doesn't doesn't leave you, you know, waiting for anything. So I liked it. Yeah. All right. Last chance, guys, before we level up. Anything else you guys want to put in from the story? I'm good on my end. Yeah, you guys both are solid? All right, then we are officially leveling up. What is the score you guys are giving for the story itself? John, what do you got for a score, man? Uh, what's this out of? 30. 30 what? 30. Oh. <laughs> out of 30? Okay. Well, oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> out of 30. 30 vials of Adam. Daughters. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, I like yours. I like that 30 one. little sisters. Oh, see, I like yours. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> 30, 30 vials of Adam. Um, 
I gotta give it like at least twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, damn, nice. What do you think, Squeaks? Uh, yeah, I would do um, I would do a twenty-five. Twenty-five. I'm actually going twenty-five too because I actually think more cutscenes were needed to explain the story better. But the actual story was very good. I just think the delivery could have been better myself. But yeah. All right, guys, we're leveling up. Kick in that sound effects. Here we go. We got level two gameplay. Let's go over the basics here. Uh, John, we're going to start with you, man. Controls, movement, combat, camera. Those are kind of the, the four biggies that we're looking at. Do you have any comments on how the controls were combat, anything like that? It was all very familiar. I think they stuck with like standard controls and everything. I don't remember having any, any kind of struggles with it. Um, just okay. scavenging through the bodies and stuff like that. You know, finding ammo, using your gun. The aim, I'm pretty sure you zoom with the, or focus with the, the trigger like you would on a regular Xbox controller. So I think they, they kept it all mainstream, which made it seem, you know, uh, seamless or very user friendly. Yeah, yeah. Something you could jump right into. Yeah. Uh, so with the combat, we had, you know, we had our guns, right? Of course, our regular weapons. And then we had to swap over to our abilities to be able to use those. It was that swapping thing. And the sequel, you actually were able to do both at the same time. And then, like, a big change with the third one is they made it to where there were a lot of different options you could use, except for you could only use two different guns, but a lot of different abilities. And um, you had the hook and stuff like that. Um, and you had sniper rifles for the first time. So just kind of give everybody an idea of the evolution of, of the combat in the game. So this first one, you actually had to, you could pick up all the guns you want, but just very limited ammo. And you had to actually swap over, okay, now I'm going to use magic, now I'm going to go back. I, I didn't care for that myself. I think the sequel really nailed that we're able to do both, like, lightning over here, and then, you know, gun over here. Uh, Squeaks, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on combat? Uh, unfortunately, I, th I found myself scrolling through weapons more than just clicking one button to pull out a weapon. Yeah. So I didn't really care for that much. So I, well, I got to the point though, where I just like, even with my mouse kind of rolled over, that's just the user issue. It's not, it's not like the game yeah. itself, I would believe. Uh, I know other people I'm sure are better at switching to different weapons. Um, and I thought it was okay to always pause. I mean, you did like a little pause, right? Say right. for switching powers or whatnot when you open that wheel. Um, I thought that was okay, but sometimes there's so many powers that it does feel like, okay, hold on, which one do I want? Okay, I'm going to scroll to this one or that one. Um, so if there was a, if it was a little bit just more fluent uh, switching powers and guns, I would have liked that a little bit more. Yeah, that goes into like the map and the user interface and stuff like that. So uh, the user interface to me, I thought, especially in the original, the remake I know it doesn't have as well done, but I thought it was really cool. It kind of reminds me of, like the Pip-Boy in Fallout where it looks like it's actually part of the game, the user interface. This had like the 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 art gecko sides and stuff like that, which I know is a bit of a design. I I thought that looked really good myself. I I liked how the user interface worked out myself. Um, it's limited by by the day it came out though. Of course, nowadays I think we could have made it better. I'm wondering too. You guys both played it on the PC. Were the controls different? Because I know you know the Xbox and PlayStation controllers have limited buttons, but the keyboard you could probably have you know a key for each of your different spell powers or whatever. Was that any easier? Yeah, it it does set it up that way. I think you could use like F1, 2, 3, 4 to set up different mm -hmm. powers and then your weapons could be just like 1, 2, 3, 4 also. But like I said earlier, I found myself just kind of scrolling with my wheel to pick a specific weapon. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know just aiming with the mouse or two, I, I think that's, the, you know, it was fast response time and stuff like that. I felt that was really strong in this as well. Um, I didn't find myself using the gun. So, okay, compare this to like a Halo or a Call of Duty where ammo's unlimited essentially. I felt myself very cautious and like I would enter into rooms knowing my ammo count, something I don't think is typical for a normal shooter. Did you guys feel like the lack of ammo enhanced the gameplay or was something that you were always just kind of worried about and it was a pain? I loved it, especially it was more so early game because later you have money, you could buy ammo when you need it. 
but it kind of intensified those battles too. You know, and you can lean on your your spell powers or, or you know whatever you call them. But um, if you don't have ammo, I mean that's your main defense. So it kind of made it made it more difficult and made it more like adrenaline filled. I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was your like favorite ability to use, John? The fireball. Fireball. What about you, Squeaks? Yeah. Uh, lightning. Lightning. I would look for water all day and just come like, come on, guys, step right, right here. Exactly. That was mine too. Yeah, it was the lightning as well. Really powerful. And even in the later games, of course, it's still very powerful. Control seemed legit. Movement was very good. Of course, this is like early Xbox 360 days um, when that was revolutionary, how smooth everything was. The camera being in first person, do you think this could have been better in third person or first person? What do you think, John? Uh, I, I don't know if it would have been much different. I mean, I liked it. I, I think I prefer first person uh, in general, but uh, yeah, I, I think it was fun like, like it was. Yeah, uh, I it has to be first person because of this world that it puts us in and how creepy and kind of dark and scary it is. It would have not, to me, not been the same feeling as uh, if it would be in third person. Okay. I got to experience that like I'm actually sitting, you know, right in front of a big daddy. So the next thing we do in gameplay is we try to think of innovations the game brought. I personally can't think of any innovations that the game actually brought to the industry. It was using a lot of system shocks. Uh, you know, it was a kind of a, it was actually a successor to System Shock. So a lot of things were system, similar there. Uh, but to you personally, was this a first for any of you guys? For me, I'll start off with just this was my first horror type game. Uh, I hadn't really played a game before like it was like this. I didn't play the Resident Evil or anything like that. And so when like the big daddies were walking in the room and that, that, that fear it brought into you. I never experienced a game like that, and that's why this resonates with me as one of my favorite horror games. Uh, was this a first for any of you guys in anything in there? Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people say it was it was uh, well known because it was a first like first person shooter that was more of an RPG, and that it okay. it combined the two real well. So I mean, if that counts, then yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking Fallout does that quite well, and I think Fallout was before this, but I could be wrong because it might be Fallout Three, might have been afterwards. It's all hazy right there. Uh, just a lot of great games coming out, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, any, any first for you, Squeaks? Yeah, I would say it was the first of a first-person shooter that had to actually, that you had to strategically think what you were going to do because of all your abilities you have. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, instead of maybe just going guns blazing at a big daddy, maybe I can control him to defeat other other um, other people. That's true, yeah. It wasn't just uh, a run and gun. humans. Yeah. Yeah, and then I liked how it also gave you uh, specific ammo for each gun to uh, pierce armor or whatever for a big daddy or stuff like that. So, uh, first strategic first person, maybe. Okay. Okay. I'm going with. Yeah, I'll, if that's a thing. Yeah. System Shock. It's, there's a sequel coming up to System Shock, and then there's a remake I think on the way as well of the of the earlier games. Um, that has a very similar. Of course, it's it's meant to be, uh, and it has that too, where you kind of go into a room and you're like, okay, look, I only got this much bullets. But I can, you know, electrify that water. That'll take out two of them. If I do that, you know, kind of, you know, you think before you leap. Um, but okay, anything else gameplay-wise you guys want to mention? This is your last chance. Jonathan, I'm looking at you. I'm good. Squeaks, your last chance, man. Yeah, no. Um, powers, guns, ammos. Um, yeah, I think, Real I'm, clean. I think I'm good. Okay, here we go, guys. What is your score for gameplay? Out of 30 again, right? Yeah, it's going to be 30 for all of them except for the last one. Okay. Um, Gameplay, I'd say I'd probably do 25 then. Yes. You're going to do 25 for that one. Yeah, yeah, 25. All right, Squeaks, we're looking at you, man. I think I'm going to switch to Jungle. I'm going to go to 28, 28 on this one. Yeah, 28 on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go 
Because I only had one issue. So what is your one issue? Repeat it so we know exactly what you're talking about. The, uh, my one issue was just switching uh, oh, the right. different powers and stuff. Like it slowed down the pace sometimes, just because I had to think where I wanted what I wanted to use. I am pulling a Taguro guys on this one. I give it a thirty oh, out of thirty. Oh my god! I cannot. <laughs> I do not have a complaint about combat or anything like that. Or nice, nice. I thought the controls are smooth, and I really liked. You know, we're going to go into design next. Why I didn't want to mention it now, but I really liked when you would walk into a room especially that first one right before you go down to the elevator and it was almost like forcing you to like look at things cinematically and just would open up areas like that where it was like look at this beautiful world we built and 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 that was all just kind of this idea of like you have full control but when you walk in it's almost like you're discovering this spot you know i think that was a really cool addition to the thing all right we have our scores 25 20 and now 30 we're moving on to level three we're leveled up all right let's look at graphics uh we're looking over design stuff guys we're looking at level design first. Uh, is this the strongest point in the game? We're in, in the middle of Rapture. Squeaks, what do you think, man? Like level design? Level design. What do you think? Um, when I think of this, I've always, and I already brought it up, I always think of, um, I don't know, sometimes I get tired of being in a, um, a big section and then there's like a long hallway and there's like doors to walk in through. Okay. Sometimes I, I got over that. But... Everything was just so beautiful that I didn't I didn't mind doing that. And I what I referenced earlier was the villain that you had to put all the pictures on the thing. Okay, yeah. So visually, that one always sticks in my head because I think that one was just twisted to me uh, when you had to defeat that yeah that boss. But just playing his games of putting getting the pictures or taking pictures of the people that you killed to put them up on the stage. Yeah. Um. So damn, like even though I got kind of tired of like uh going through different hallways or with different doors and whatnot. Uh, I always wanted to see what was behind that door. Yeah, what do you think, John? Do you think the how, what do you think about the general level design? I, I think it was good. Like you're saying, it kind of leads you. So though it's um, uh, you know, stuff's broken or there's you know electrical outlets exposed and stuff like that, sparks and stuff. It it kind of felt fluid. It kind of naturally guides you through the game. So mm -hmm. you know, you can wander around and and look at different stuff and go to the vending machines and stuff and harvest whatever. Um. And it feels like you're free, but it, it also, it, I, I never, I don't remember ever getting lost in the level because it seems kind of fluid and directional. So it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. So let's think of like some memorable moments and Squeaks, you had a really good one there with the boss fight where you're sitting there trying to find the pictures. To me, I remember one time where we're walking down one of the glass hallways, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, and, and of course it's outside, it's almost like outside of the city. So you have the entire ocean above you. If you're like me, you probably stopped and looked around for a little bit. Just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stare at fish. Stare at fish. And then in one of the <laughs> glass hallways to the side of you, you can see a big daddy and a little sister walking there. And it's one of those moments where you could actually stop and just, you know, enjoy the visual of that, of, of watching his motions with her and seeing, because they're not going to attack you and then a whole different tube. Uh, I really liked that moment. Was there any moment visually that stood out to you guys? Jonathan, what'd you think? Anything in particular? Uh, I can't think of any, any specifics, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Squeaks, what do you think? Any any particular moment like that for you, other than the, the yeah, boss I'm fight? To, I'm tr yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something else other than that boss fight. Okay. But um, oh man, I don't know. That's tough because other than that, it would be the water for sure. Um, I really, I really like uh some of the. This is gonna be kind of dumb and low because it's kind of like everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um. But just staring at all the lights, like all those neon lights, yes, through different shops, uh, how they are, um whether it's like an amateur shop or alcohol shop or whatever, I really like how it feels. 
you're in this like nightlife style, but it's all enclosed. Like there's yeah. no outside world around you. Speaking of that, that's one of my favorite parts in the opening scene when you first go down the elevator and then you're in the submarine. It's kind of giving you that visual of like this is what Rapture looks like. You don't see Rapture from the outside very often when you're actually in yep. the game. But you but that's one of the things that stands out is like, so I'm outside, I do see tunnels, but there's a lot of those like billboard lights from the fifties that are up mm -hmm. outside the city, which kind of like wow, it shows that the city could have been yeah, so much right. more because you're seeing it from different from out you know outside. Um that was a really good moment as well. Um uh, the lighting in this game is really good outside of the neon lights too. I liked how you'd have like flickering lights that would almost kind of show you almost warn you of danger, right? When you have that flickering light, you barely see. Um, in the sequels, they really took advantage of that. But in this one, I thought it was a really good step forward uh, in kind of using lighting as a storytelling uh, device. It was really good. Character design. How do you think the characters looked? We had the big daddies, of course, most notable little sisters. We had the slicers. And then we have, you know, they're actually protagonist bosses. Uh, Squeaks, was there any particular character design you really uh, fell in love with? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the, I don't know the actual names, but I forgot. It was the characters that would crawl on the ceilings. Yeah, the slicers, I think they're called. Because there was, yeah, sli they're scary. They're scary as shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what I like that is how even just the, the normal um, individuals that you kill, they, they're they beautiful in a twisted way. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my, fa my, my favorite about them. It wasn't even like so much of the big daddies. I could get over the big daddies, but it was just how twisted they look. And uh, it was, I mean, it's like, it's not the purge type image. It's it's like I don't know, when, you, when they're wearing the mask and that stuff, bunny and mask, so like yeah. just screaming out random shit, and yeah. you're like, "Holy shit, they're chasing me!" Right? Uh, but the ones that climb the slicers, you said I think it's the slicers, yeah. yeah, slicers, yeah, just crawling on the ceiling. You're like, holy shit! All I can see is kind of like their uh, glowing hooks or whatever. You're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just shoot, just shoot the ceiling. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Empty the bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah Have you guys good. seen the concepts of what they were planning or what they were trying to to? To have instead of them and like the little girls and everything. No, what was no. the plan? Oh yeah, so they I guess they tried. They had pitched several different options, but instead of having the human-looking people that just went crazy, they had these big. They kind of look like um, like the original Halo when they the people got infected and they were all nasty and swollen. Oh, wow. so they had these different kind of grotesque monsters that were very unlike humans. Mm -hmm. And they through trials and and talking about it or whatever, they worked out that hey, that's probably not going to work. And decided to make these guys instead because they they were more human and just crazy and it just read better and everything. But same with the little sisters. They had a bunch of different drawings. I remember uh, one that was more of a, just a joke was like a dog with a wheelchair or with, you know, wheels for legs. Yeah. Uh, another one was like a toad or something like that that would like have a, a tank of the, the atom on him that he produced like it was his waist. Uh, all these different concepts and they just yeah that doesn't read enough emotion and it can't be played into the story well enough or something like that so they eventually went with the little sister design or idea uh yeah the little sisters i remember I were actually good. slugs in the alpha so they actually got so far as to using slugs as the in the alpha so, but then yeah you're right oh, it was wow. like the emotional thing yeah I, I heard that in the alpha the uh slices were also monster creatures too oh yeah so I'm picturing, are they kind of like the flood from Halo? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they're just well, all a good character morphed and overgrown and just nasty, swollen creatures. Oof, kind of want to play that version too. <laughs> right? I think that Ooh. only released, was it Xbox or 360, that they released that alpha version for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I bet somebody's got it out there. We have to find it and try it out. That'd yeah. be pretty crazy. Any particular yeah. characters stand out to you, John? Uh, mainly the, the little girls. They're, they're I mean, they... They appeal to your human nature, so 
Yeah. I, I don't know how somebody could be such a douchebag and just go through and kill them all. <laughs> Squeaks. What a monster. <laughs> but no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're like, they're a little bit creepy, but then you save them and they're, you know, recover and they're adorable and stuff like that. So I think that was a, a good way to portray him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For me, of course, I I, I honestly thought you guys were going to say just Big Daddies because the Big Daddies looked amazing to me. Oh, yeah. I thought their design on those. And what was really cool is like, I, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what they look like. They have the multiple dots, you know, because that's the one that's on the cover. But then when you actually start like remembering and researching and stuff like that, you're like, oh no, that's right. There was a big variety of Big Daddies, which took extra work that they didn't need to do that. There was all kinds of different Big Daddies and I thought they were really cool. And um, from a design standpoint, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before, but the idea, okay, we're going to go into music or sound design here in a sec. Um, you have them come into a room and like, you remember that sound? It was like, yeah. I don't know if that came through good on the podcast, but it was like this whine or moan, not a whine, moan. And then it hit hard on the ground and that was them making the steps and they were like always in anguish. Um, and then, so it, it would, you would be freaking out cause you're fighting these slicers and you're fighting all kinds of weird things, uh, worrying about all your abilities. Then that moan would come out and you'd hit that first sound and you stopped. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you were. You stopped what you're doing and re and just totally change your strategy. Cause now it's all different. It's much more defensive and having to be uh, evasive. Uh, I really like the design on those guys. You should, you should splice in the sound effect. Uh, any other visual graphics you guys thought were really outstanding? It's hard because Rapture itself was so gorgeous, so it's really hard to kind of yeah. capture that. Anything else? Uh, just the red, the general design, the the sixties, fifties, forties, whatever vibe was really yeah. well done, and it integrated into everything, like the the vending machines and stuff like that. And like you said, the menu, yeah. they just did a good job of making it all cohesive and look the same style. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was. Um, I think they went to Rockefeller Center. Is what is what I saw in the notes, and that's where they got the idea because Rockefeller Center has that 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 yeah that Gothic Art, Art Deco's design, and that's what they used for the entire city. Uh, you know, the real fifties look. Um, okay, now into the audio aspect of the design, which I think is one of the stronger points in the game, because the storytelling is being done all through audio. What do you guys think about the voice acting? W- any any highlights to you? Uh, Squeaks, let's talk about you, man. What do you think? Um, the, what I liked on some of the voices that they really felt like that, uh, they were distressed while they were talking Ooh, to you. I like like that. if something, something was going wrong, they really put their feelings or emotions through that recording or the, the radio that they're playing at you. Uh, so that's my favorite part of it. Cause it really does feel like, um, what you're going through is kind of affecting what they're going through. And it's not just, just talking over the radio with a monotone attitude. One thing I think that their voice acting was good, but one thing I appreciated that in they that they put in in the design or whatever in the plans uh, was Atlas's uh, Irish accent because that yeah. made it easy to differentiate the the different characters by having just a it doesn't sure. take much a little bit of an accent because yeah. if you just sound like everyone speaking plain like American English then it's hard mm-hmm. to tell who's talking and I know they have a little pop up in the corner saying who's talking who's but still? but that was kind of a good good character detail on them I think. Will be shot next. Easy now, Doctor. He's just looking for a wee bit of Adam. Just enough to get by. I'll not have him hurt my little ones. It's okay, lad. It's not a child. Not anymore, eh? Doctor Tenenbaum thought of that. Peter, do not hurt him. Have you got And and what's nice too is when he transitions back over to Frank, uh he has like a really big, I think it's like a New York kind of mobster accent. Mm. So it's still 
something very distinct. Yeah. And then even Andrew Ryan has this very like it's almost like a highfalutin. I talk properly kind of accents. <laughs> you know, we'll have all these. We'll have little bits of these in the podcast recording, so you guys can take a little sample. I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? That is a good good no, call. I like the fact that because it's so heavy on you being able to hear the story, it's important that they had very distinct uh, accents. That's a good call. Bullets, magic, all these different things going on. You have such a creaky, wet world. Anything that stands out to you, audio design-wise, um, I'll go with that. The creakiness of, of Rapture. There were times where you would hear like almost like uh, the sound of a submarine when the water is starting to make a buckle. There was just random creaks here and there, which I'm sure were tri- triggered by your steps. But I mean, it kind of just reminded you that you were so deep into the water and that um, not only was the pressure of, you know, the creatures coming at you, but literally the pressure of the environment is around you. You can't make a false step in this place because it could come down on you. Uh, I really like that. It was just a little creek to kind of remind you like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really like that. So, yeah, I, I agree. It was very, very much their rendition for their setting of a horror movie when you're in an old house and you hear the creaking of the wood in the house you would hear the creaking of the metal and like you're saying a stray bullet hitting a window could flood the room you're in could flood that portion of the of the you know city uh so you do have to be aware and there's occasional you know sprung leaks and you hear it raining like a waterfall and stuff like that or you just you'd be very aware of the sounds because you hear like rustling papers and you know okay there's a, a slice around here somewhere just yeah. you know rummaging through things but most iconic is that big daddy sound effect they nailed it because like you said earlier you just kind of you stop in fear like like you know and frank status you just hold down like you're scared you you have to be silent because you don't want to trigger his attention right. um so that they did a fantastic job with that you hear it even you know in a distance and all of a sudden you're like trying to redirect and avoid him if you can that's a very good point and i think it's actually an important part of the design is you don't you don't grab, you know, aggro. You don't grab his attention right away. Mm-hmm. It's only when you become within eyesight of him. So you can hear the sound. You can even see him coming. But if, as long as you're not within eyesight, and for many times you're just trying to let him pass. Like I don't mm-hmm. really want to, you know, empty my my magazine on this guy. Uh, that's a good call. Uh, anything that stands out to you, Squeaks? Uh, yeah, what I like. I mean, you guys pretty much know all the sound. But one thing that I liked the uh, the most was when you walk into a room and you hear. Just like the normal humans talking to themselves or talking to them others and kind of like looking for things or uh, freaking out about something. You're like, oh, shit, someone's in this room. Mm-hmm. You know, look kind of like what you said. How do you go about um, killing him or, you know, maybe putting a spell on him or whatnot? And that was my favorite things. There was a lot of like uh, uh, communication between NBCs. You, you had them kind of like mm-hmm. spazzing out in a room. A lot of times you were locked out of a room. You could just see through like glass and you'd see them like talking and, and wrestling. And yeah. you're like, that's a future problem. Um, but yeah, that's a good call. And another thing too, is they did a good job with having every once in a while you go into a certain room and there's a little, you know, record player, tape recorder, something playing. And it has that fifties music that just yeah. a jingle or something like that. And it was just so funny. So well-made it's custom to this, but very well-made like retro sounding music. It's all scratchy cause it's on a record player or something like that. Uh, but it really helped like kind of set in the vibe It would be that kind of daunting, cheery music in a very like dark setting that was kind of creepy and eerie and helped help really fit into the mood it reminds you of the hope that rapture once had because rapture was a place of hope like this is the future down here um and that was a remnant of the time and then to hear it like on a record player while you're going through these creepy holes and sometimes scratching and stuff like that's like hope broken you know and so that's a that's a good call there 
Kind of reminds me of the Fallout uh, as well. I, one of the best trailers to me, I think it was Fallout 3, where they're going from the bus. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's like the bus, they're backing out, and you hear that old sound, the old music, and then you see that it's actually like destroyed New York or something like that, and then you see one of the guys from Fallout. Uh, one of the best uh, trailers in the, in the world. Uh, okay, guys, let's give the design uh, a grade here. What are your thoughts? Out of 30 as well. Uh, I'm going to start things off with, um, I'm going to give it a strong 28 on this one. I think it was really good. I think the soundtrack, you know what? I'm going to slip it down actually, 26, because I think the soundtrack could have been better. Uh, while there were the record players that, that really pulled my attention musically when I was near them, I think they could have had more of them. I think if you had a more of the intercom, that would have been really cool if you hear like, like some weird, crazy jazz music would be really neat. Um, but there just wasn't enough of that. I think they could have played more with the music. So I'm going to go down to like a 26. Let's do 26 for me. Squeaks, what do you think, man? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go 25 actually. 25. And the reason why I go there for that because there's been plenty of times where you are just listening to, uh, like there's nothing there. It's just too quiet. Yeah. You know, and that's fine because you're trying to get the eeriness of it. But then, uh, yeah, let's just stop there. Yeah, I'm. That's that's why. You could have filled it up more. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. Uh, a little bit with like kind of like the intercom things or make it more uh, some things a little bit. I mean. It's tough because I, I, even though it's it's great, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That one's a tough one. It's, I mean, we're in the high twenties, right? Yeah. So it's not like we're saying yeah. it's bad. It is really good. What is there? Yeah. But yeah, there's something, right? <laughs> it's hard to put sure, your. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think, John? Uh, tell me, speaks. So I'll just go ahead and go twenty-eight. Offsets you, balances us around. Twenty. You guys are trading yeah. back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's done, right? Um, all right, that's our uh, design, guys. We're about to level up. We're passing it up now. And ding, you guys have leveled up. We're in the bonus level. You guys found a secret passageway to the bonus level uh, while we're here. Okay, this is something new that we're doing from back in the day. This is something new. So we're going to tally your guys' scores. We're going to tell you where you guys oh, stand. Shit. And then you have 10 free points to add or not add if you think it's at a good spot. The reason we're doing this, I don't know if you guys remember this back in the old days. We'd add up our scores like, man, I gave that game an 80, but I remember I had a lot of fun with it. It doesn't deserve an 80. So you can kind of boot it, boot it up to a 90 if you'd like to at this point, okay? So let's look at your guys' score. Jonathan, you had a 28, then a 25, and a 28. I'm going to cut out my doing math time just so it's a little <laughs> bit faster. Maybe I'll put in a sound like doop, 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 doop. All right. So at this point, we're going to see where we're at now with Adam 90. Okay. Jonathan, you're at an 81 out of 90 so far. I'm at an 81 out of 90 so far. And Squeaks, you hate this game. You have it at a 78. Yeah, apparently I do. <laughs> All right. So before we give any additional points, let's think about the, the un or intangible parts of the game. Did you have fun? Basically is what it comes down to. Jonathan, did you have fun playing this game? Tons of fun. When I think back to it, it's probably at top three games I ever played on the 360. Yeah. Would you do you feel like your 81 score is enough or should you add more to it? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put it at least like an 85, 85. for overall game. Yeah, Jonathan is adding four more points. All right, this is your this is your bonus stage. What are you thinking, Squeaks? You just found that crazy ring in Sonic. You're in that whole new world. What's going on? <laughs> um, so I'm thinking like your question. Did I have fun? I had fun, but it wasn't to me like a blast because I felt like I was on a mission the whole time mm -hmm. to uh, save or slaughter children. But, <laughs> murderer. But, uh, 
But with my score as a 78, I feel like that's way too low. Okay. Because obviously this game is a generational game for sure. Yeah. Um, so if, I want to add more than 10 points. <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely add my extra 10 points. You're going full 10 points. You're going 88. Yeah. That's a big one. He's going full yeah. 10. Uh, I am adding. I'm going to add. Uh, do I want to do it? No. I'm going <laughs> to add. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm adding nine points to mine. I'm bringing mine up to a 90. We're All talking right. a we're talking an A A minus over here, guys. I'm adding it. I'm going to ninety. This, this game 90, was though, right? so much fun. Well, no, because with the ten points, it's now out of a hundred. Oh, 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 I uh, see, I see. Yeah, uh, I like to make it complicated. It'll work out. <laughs> okay, here. I'm like ninety out of ninety is hundred percent. I don't know if you guys yeah, no. know percentages. <laughs> so yeah, Jonathan, you're giving it a B. I'm giving it an A minus, and and Squeaks you're at a B plus, which I think are actually pretty good squares as a scores. I think this actually kind of worked out pretty well for us. Um. Do you think this game belongs in like the Hall of Fame of games? Jonathan, what do you think? Does oh, this belong to the no, Hall of sorry. Fame? That's right. <laughs> I I think so. I, I mean, yeah, why not? I also I, I want to ask you guys real quick. Have you heard anything about a number 4 though? Cuz that would They actually yes. Uh the um one of the guys one of the development teams that helps with the sequels uh is now making the the uh, additional one. The, the team that made these games about time. Uh they they made their own new studio they're working on some other game. Um, a space-based game, but the studio that that helped them with the two sequels, especially I think with Infinite, Infinite, uh, is working on this uh, number four. Okay. So it is in place. So I would I would say by itself it probably shouldn't go in the Hall of Fame, but if you include the collection, including Infinite, because I think Infinite was better than this. Yeah, hold on, let's stop you right there. Then <laughs> okay. it has to be by itself. So what we're basically asking, like, say there's limited space on the the first-person shooter wall, right? You're going to the first-person shooter wall, and you're seeing five games up there. Is this one of the five games? Let's frame it like that. I would I would take its plaque down to put Infinite up, is what I'd say. If Infinite's not up there, this would be okay. there. Okay. All right. That's a that's a fair point. And that's a really good way to put it because I think for myself it is well gonna have to re- be removed for Infinite. While this game is outstanding and set up a world that I absolutely love, and I love that when in Infinite we do visit this world here and there and in the DLCs, I still think Infinite's the one that belongs up there. Squeaks, are you taking down? Are you taking down the? Uh, are you putting up infinite? Or are you gonna like? Oh, I'm just going all Far Cry, or what, what's your plans? <laughs> no, 100. percent Like if Infinite, I mean, uh, is one of my favorite games of all time. But if we're talking about this one, it would be on the Hall of Fame for me. Okay. Um, because of how it was this creepy uh, first person strategic uh, beautiful world uh, shooter. So it would definitely be up there in the Hall of Fame. For so you me. walk into the Hall of Fame, you see the wall of first-person mm-hmm. shooters, and right now you're putting up Bioshock 1, and you can only have one yep. Bioshock up there. Oh, fuck no. I'll take it down right <laughs> that's now. What, that's what me and Jonathan <laughs> are saying. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, this game yeah, is really yeah. great, but they learned so much from it in the sequels, and, and, and they yeah, just got better yeah. and better, in my opinion. Well, the story to me, I think oh, number yeah. one is better than number two, but the gameplay-wise definitely got better over time. Which is great because it's not one of those things we have to go back to where it's like, well, yeah, one was better than two and blah, blah, blah. blah. No, it's like progressively this series got better and better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just such a good series. And I can't I can't help but think of the world. I think it's probably its strongest point. I, it's something I want to see in a series. Uh, I, I, the DLCs for this, you know, of course, we didn't have any DLCs. But the expansions for this were really good. We had a bunch of DLCs with Infinite that brought us back to Rapture. Uh, and then, you know, that one was with Booker and uh, Elizabeth, and we'll talk about them in a, sep- in a separate one. Um, but all that is po- part of, uh, uh, you know, possible because of the success of this one. It was just a really good game. Is there any other comments you guys want to drop on Bioshock before we head out? 
Um, the way that number three ended, though, I really hope, since we brought up a little bit of number four, I really hope we don't revisit something that we already went through. Yeah. Uh, the way that number three ended, it was perfect to where you just expand it and there was no ending to anything. So I really hope they could come up with the idea. We got two games underwater. We got the one game in the sky. What is, what's the next world that we could visit? Yeah. Did you play the three DLCs after Infinite? No, but that's that's just me though. Even though how much I love the Infinite, I'm not a huge purchase of DLCs afterwards. That's just the type of person I am. Though. So just to give you a heads up, the the first DLC for Infinite was um, this thing where basically there's like an endless horde coming uh, while you're in uh, what Columbia and you're fighting them off. The second two are a two parter, and that you actually return back to Rapture and you play as Booker and Elizabeth in Rapture, alternate versions of them because remember there's multiple versions of them. You actually play as their versions in Rapture. So, and they're like different people. Like, I think actually Elizabeth's a little bit evil or something like that. It's a whole different thing. Um, so, it's worth, those two are worth visiting. They're really interesting. The second, actually, okay. the, the very last part, the second part of the two parter, you play as Elizabeth and it becomes a stealth game. I, I think it'd be cool if in the number four, I heard that, uh, or I saw in a video, that uh, in their original concepts and stuff, they were thinking of making this, uh, this number one, a space game, a space setting instead mm -hmm. of underwater. So that'd be kind of cool if they do that for four. Or I, I think I prefer since the way Infinite ended, that it was multi-dimensional and you can hop in and out of dimensions, and you have to find certain people maybe from different dimensions and bring them together or something. That'd be kind of. Well, you could visit different worlds. Yeah. Each dimension would be a different type of. Uh, we setting. saw that in that'd Infinite where you were able to go to France and stuff like that at one point. Um, mm -hmm. I could be thinking of Assassin's Creed. One of the Assassin's Creed you do that too, and it messes me up. <laughs> um, yeah, so my only really fun facts about this thing was the fact that they planned on the little sisters being slugs at first, and they were like, yeah, but you don't care about the slugs, you need to care about the slugs a little bit, so they're like, let's make them little girls instead. There was that, and then the uh, the uh, the System Shock thing, the fact that this game is based off of System Shock 1 and 2, which were some of the first games to really utilize the, the 3D worlds. Because if you think of like Doom, I don't know if you guys remember the old Dooms, it was like, okay, you press this way and it basically changed the way you were facing, but it wasn't like I could smoothly go this way or that way. Um, but with the with the use of WASD and in the mouse as you're looking, it actually opened up a lot of doors for that. So um, there was innovation in the games that came before this game. Uh, it just perfected them all. But I think that's it. Okay, let's go over those scores one more time. Jonathan, you gave this an 85 out of 100. I gave it a 90 out of 100. I guess I just like it better. And Squeaks, you gave it an 88. I think that's great, guys. We just we just leveled up. We beat the game, and we're all all stars. It's pretty great. Whoop, whoop. All right, guys, uh, we have the regular podcast coming out on every Tuesday, and our next level up will be with Kevin of Kevin Jection. Uh, that'll be coming uh, probably in two weeks from this. No, probably one week. Actually, I'm going to do it a little bit early because we're recording it early. You can get it earlier. And we're going Night of the Older Public on that one, which is just one of the best stories in video games. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.